Welcome in to a sad, sad edition of the Highly Disputed Sports Podcast. My name is Garrett. I am introing for Andrew today because we have decided that when it comes to having a sad intro, he's just incapable of doing so. Last time I tried to do it, I got picked on. Yeah. And I'm not not going to let that happen again. So it is sad because yesterday was the last day of NFL football. We no longer have football for seven months here. It's like seven months, seven days, and so many hours. So we're sad today. We are saddened. We have a lot to get through. How you doing, man? Did you enjoy Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Other than the fact that I lost a lot of money because I'm on one of the biggest cold streaks in betting history, probably. Granted, it wasn't like as much money as Mattress Mac has lost over the last five years, but it's still a lot of money to me. Um, happy to see that the Rams won. The team that I've stuck with the entire year has won the Super Bowl. So, so you, you beat me to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to congratulate you. You had the Rams all year. You, you kept telling me the Rams, the Rams, the Rams. I'm happy to be wrong. Honestly, I picked the Bengals in this game. I'm happy to be wrong. And we'll get into why I'm happy to be wrong. But uh, you had them all year. You kept telling me. I kept telling you, I'm not so sure. Matthew Stafford almost tried to do it again, though. He tried. He tried to hey, prove me right. He's got the whiteboard just like us, but his is just erased every time he makes a mistake. Right, so. right. So congratulations on that. I'm happy that you were right about your guy. I know you love him. Um, let's, I mean, let's jump right in. Let's do takeaways from the game. Personally, and, I, and we argued about this last week, I said the game was not going to be very good. It I think started, I was right about it that. It started pretty good. It, it, was, it was a good game until Odell went down, and then Odell goes down, and we basically have an hour and 45 minutes of terrible football. Yeah. It was... We got the matchup we wanted for the most part. We got Chase versus Ramsey Island, and Jamar Chase came out on top. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was almost a little bit non-existent during the Super Bowl with a questionable face mask call on a Okay, so, yes. Was that a face mask? And I think it was an offensive pass. It was offsetting penalties. But see, here's the thing. On that first drive where T. Higgins has the drop in the end zone, he gets held by Ramsey the whole way. So, like... Are, I'm not going to let us sit here and, and th- those two just to me well, offset. So I, w- I, I only brought that up because like we have that holding penalty and then we have the bullshit holding penalty. And we'll talk about those. On Cooper Cup to win the Rams the game, basically. Or no, not basically, to win the Rams game. Like it was a little bit of shoddy refereeing throughout the game, but like we can't complain because for years and years and years we've said. The referees play too big of a part in the NFL. It's like, okay. But yesterday and throughout a lot of the playoffs, actually, the refs have been more lenient with blowing their whistles. They've let a lot go. But now here we are, and it's the endless cycle of the referees do too much, and then the referees don't do enough. And then it, like, we need, there's no common ground here, so everyone's going to complain. But other than like a little bit of blown calls, the referees were pretty good in my opinion. I think there was only three penalties called until that last drive. Uh, it was either it was either three or four. Um, look, so I think the two Higgins issues, it, it should have been holding on Jalen Ramsey in the end zone, and then it should have been an OPI or a face mask on Higgins. Well, it should have been offsetting penalties. That the well, 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 basically like. Okay, the Rams got away with one here. The Bengals got away with oh, one yeah. here. I'm good with that. It was the same two players involved in two different situations. Good with it. Where I have a problem, and I'm usually not one to have a problem with officiating. I, 
if officials make calls or they don't make calls, it is what it is. Where I have a problem is the game has lost a lot of air. Like, there, there's just no air in this game at all. It's not an exciting game. We get all the way down to inside the 10-yard line, and they just bail the Rams out three times. Like, just three times, they just bail them out. And I'm sorry, the first holding call, I'm not calling that. I'm not calling that hold on Wilson against Cooper Cup. That is so – you've let everything go all game, and you're going to call a ticky-tack one inside the five. That's terrible. Now, the other two, fine. If you want, if you want those calls, I'm fine with that. That one is egregious. That was an awful call. It was unnecessary, and it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I. So I watched a little bit of the game this morning and throughout the day, bits and pieces. Um, the Rams did get away with a bit. There was a uh, false start that was missed at the end of the game. Aaron Donald was lined up offsides of the game-winning sack. Like, Was he? Yes. Because I... I saw that too and I don't think he was offsides I think he was I think his hand was even with the ball did the Rams get away with a little bit yeah um but I mean come on we still need Joe Burrow to perform in his game winning drive and not take a sack to to end the game for you like that's just kind of something that should be known at that point like well wait a minute wait a minute are you gonna blame Joe Burrow in that situation I'm gonna put part of the blame on Joe Burrow Okay, so here's a good one for you. During the game, they had on the Jumbotron uh, time to throw for each quarterback. Matthew Stafford had 2.9 seconds on average to throw the ball. Joe Burrows was less than 1.9 seconds. He had no time. to. He had less than two seconds to throw the ball through that entire game. So fourth and one, you're not saying, oh, I have one point whatever you just said seconds. He, he gets the snap, and Aaron Donald is on him. Where's he supposed? Like routes have to develop. No, you can't I, just throw the ball. Oh, uh, Jamar Chase is wide open, but okay. But that was as he's getting sacked. Jamar Chase comes open. That's not a go route. You no, I understand, but a little bit of the blame is still on Joe Burrow. I'm not blaming Joe Burrow because Aaron Donald literally destroyed the Bengals' offensive I'm line. Going to put a little bit of blame on Joe Burrow, but I'm also going to put a little bit of blame on Zach Taylor for calling a, a run call on third down for Joe Mixon. God, that wasn't Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon didn't run the... Or is that Chris Evans? It was Chris Evans. So why... Again, why is Joe Mixon not the one running the ball? That makes no sense to me. Okay, I don't don't have a problem with the run call if it's Joe Mixon because you want to try to eat up clock. They're eight yards away from Evan McPherson being in range. Like, that's all they needed was like eight yards. But you're going to blame Joe Burrow because Aaron Donald got around the edge in a second and a half? I'm going to put a little bit of blame on Joe Burrow, yeah. He had no time to throw. I mean, that's one of those situations where kind of just oh, caught the ball and let me let me scramble. You have a little bit of time. He had time to he had time to see Aaron Donald on his blind side. I think it's one of those things where you should just not Aaron even be Donald. Looking. What do you mean? You should see. Oh, Aaron Donald's on my left. I'm gonna roll to my right. He wasn't even blocked. They didn't even block him. He literally basically went untouched around the lineman. Okay. How is Joe Burrow supposed to get away from that? Run? He can't see him. He's on his backside. He had one second, and Aaron Donald was touching him. So in one second, he's going to be able to see that Aaron Donald has busted the coverage? It should just be assumed, I think. So assumed that the offensive lineman just doesn't block Aaron Donald. In a situation of fourth down, you're blowing it more out of control than I want it to. I'm putting 
a slight bit of blame on Joe Burrow for getting sacked on fourth down to lose the game. He didn't get sacked. It wasn't a sack. He got the ball away. What? Basically he didn't get sacked. He didn't get sacked. He had no time to throw. He tried to make something happen, and he couldn't get away from. He stepped up in the pocket to try to make a throw, and then got sacked. Like, no, he tried to run away from Aaron Donald. Okay. I I. How about Aaron Donald made an an incredible play? It's not Joe Burrow's fault. There was nothing Joe Burrow could have done in that situation. Okay, How about offensive sure. line block better? How about we have yeah, a better yeah. scheme? Have we, have we not said that about? The, the Bengals all year, though? Do you want me to well, just beat, sure, beat the dead horse and say that yes, the Bengals all beat the dead horse? Is? Exactly. That's the point. I, okay. The, I okay, guess thank the, the you. offensive line's fault. But thank they, you. There still needs to be some acknowledgement about Joe Burrow's behalf to just run the fuck away from Aaron Donald. Like, Aaron Donald's on my left. Run to your right. He can't even see him. He can't see him, and he had no time. He, like, how, okay. much, how fast do you think a brain can process that something that it doesn't even see? He's not looking at Aaron Donald after the ball is snapped. He's turned. He can't see the 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 lineman literally didn't block him. I think if this were a separate scenario, you'd be because you you give a lot of quarterbacks a lot of shit for taking sacks on fourth down. I give quarterbacks shit for taking sacks on fourth down when they they do five step drops, then try to hold the ball for six seconds. Joe Burrow had the ball for one point five seconds on the play. I mean, how fast are you maybe supposed to I, get rid of the maybe ball? Maybe I saw the play wrong, and I'll look it up. But I'm fairly positive that he had enough time to just be able to roll out to his right a little bit and look for an open receiver. I can't believe I'm having to debate this. Donald blows the play up. It was incredible. He just blows the play up. I, like, my God. I, okay. We're on the Aaron Donald thing already. Oh, you're watching the play. Perfect. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Keep talking. Okay. I got to find it. So we're on Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup won MVP of the Super Bowl last night, and I immediately, as the game ended, said there's no way that Cooper Cup should be the MVP. It should be Aaron Donald. He was the best player on the field all night long. He absolutely destroyed. I went back and rewatched the second half today. From the minute the T. Higgins touchdown happens, Aaron Donald is in control of the entire game. Like, he dominates the entire game. Okay, hang on. It's loading. Oh, it's loading. It's loading. Sure, you haven't watched it four times to see that I'm right that Aaron Donald. No, I really haven't. It's loading. How do you not have any coverage? I don't understand. It's 2022. Come on. We're in shitty upstate New York in a bit. There we go. Here we go. Uh, live. So he had enough. I'm telling you, he took a step back. He's scanning the field. He had enough time to bring his hand forward. You're telling me he didn't have enough time to just run to his right where the the, the line How? is completely okay, blocked. So he can't see Aaron Donald behind him, who literally doesn't get blocked. He's not blocked. Look at how quickly he gets to him. If you're processing and you're allowing routes to get set up, he's not going to be able to have the time to get a ball out. I, I think there's you still al- a little bit of blame. I, I you also is. can't run the risk of running it there and not getting the first down. You have to throw in that situation. I'm not saying roll out and run. I'm saying roll out and let something get open. Like, yes, this is very much on the left guard's fault for 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 the Bengals. But I don't think I'm wrong in saying that there is a little bit of blame to be placed on Joe. A slight bit of blame to be placed on Joe Burrow in that scenario. I just closed it. Of course you did. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the exact same thing that you would be looking at. It It's Aaron Donald literally gets blocked for .5 seconds. Point five seconds. I think it was less than that. 
Uh, he gets touched and bounced back slightly. Joe Burrow has enough to step back twice, pump fake, and then Aaron Donald's there. That's a, that's plenty enough time to just be able to look. Like If you have Aaron Donald standing across from you, you should be at least looking, making sure he hasn't blown through your line, especially when you've been sacked seven times already in that situation. Like This isn't me sitting here saying like Joe Burrow was at fault for getting sacked in that situation. This is me saying like 0.05 or 0.1% of the blame in that situation is on Joe or yeah, it's on Joe Burrow. He had less than 2 seconds. He from the time that Aaron Donald hits him, he has less than 2 seconds. From the time the ball is snapped to when Aaron Donald has his arms around him, that's less than 2 seconds. That is not a quarterback like quarterbacks can get rid of the ball in 2 seconds. Anything less than that is like impossible. I'm not saying throw the ball right away. But I'm saying in that situation where you catch the ball, and you're, I, you're, he looks to his left at a receiver. Like, you should be able to see Aaron, Aaron Donald right there. Like, again, I think you're over-exaggerating how much blame I'm putting on Joe Burrow. I think there is a slight, very slight bit of blame there for Joe Burrow and getting sacked in that instance down, down just needing a field goal to tie the game and go to overtime in the Super Bowl. I think there is. I just, I can't. Especially when you've been right sacked as much as him. I, and I, I don't. Just, I just don't understand how you're not seeing my point in the slightest. I'm not blaming a quarterback that has less than two seconds to throw the ball. I'm in not. a situation where he has to create something. If if you were to ask me, you say, look at that play. What are the faults of this play? Biggest blame is on the offensive line. The the ninety eight per point of percent of that blame is on the offensive no, line. One hundred percent of the blame is on that offensive lineman. You don't think Joe Burrow should no, have I'm any sorry. bit of Hold self-awareness in that situation? 75% of the blame is on the offensive lineman. 25 or 24% of the blame is on Zach Taylor. And 1% of the blame is on the offensive line coach. That's my call. Because A, you called a play that didn't have a short check down route that he could get to quickly on a one-yard necessary play. And you clearly didn't set up a scheme all week long to block 99. Like, they had one job. We, I said it last week. They have one job. You have to block 99. It, you don't think there's any bit of self-awareness blame to be placed on Joe Burrow there? No, because he's not okay. expecting Aaron Donald to be in his lap in less than two seconds. I think he's asking his offensive line, hey, can you hold up just long enough so a hitch route can develop? Because that didn't even happen. Okay, then I guess we disagree. I, we, we very much disagree. That's fine. I, Aaron Donald should have been the Super Bowl MVP. And yeah, I'm, I agree. I, I've been on that. For about 12, or what, what are we on, like 20 hours from now, basically? Basically the last 20 hours I've been on. 17 hours. Been pretty pissed off that Aaron Donald didn't win the Super Bowl MVP. Um, Aaron Donald legacy. We'll start with him. Because there's going to be a lot of legacy discussions, and I'm pretty frustrated with some of them. So let's start with the one that I'm happy about. Aaron Donald, second greatest defensive player of all time. He's not better than Reggie White. I don't think. I don't. 21 sacks in 12 games for Reggie White. Like I, I understand I, that different different position. Oh, I know. I I think that if I'm listing off the the greatest defensive players of all time, it's it's the big man. It's LT at one, two. Maybe Reggie White. Maybe it's uh, to me. It's Aaron Donald, Super Bowl MVP, three time Defensive Player of the Year. Eight-time All-Pro. He's been an All-Pro every no, single year. No, I get that. I, I, I understand the statistics, but I don't... I just think Reggie White... And they're all different kind of animals. Like, even if I have Aaron Donald three, 
Like I, I just I'm putting Aaron four. Donald over Reggie White at this point. I'm just it's it's done for me. I think the biggest driving factor of not being two is like the Patriots Super Bowl. Like, okay, but I think that says more about the New England game plan of we are tr- they triple teamed him in that game. Like, they didn't double-team or single-team. He is triple-teamed on almost every play. I, As someone that's watched that game multiple times, I actually said that to you before the podcast. Like, the credit that should be given to the New England coordinators and Dante Scarnecchia for that game plan against him in the first Super Bowl is ridiculous. Because the fact that he basically only hit Brady one time is is insane. But, like, I, I'm just taking Aaron Donald over Reggie Wayne. Aaron Donald has been the greatest player in the league for four or five years now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could ever say that about Reggie White. I don't think Reggie White was ever the best player in the National Football League. I think Aaron Donald is the best football player in the National Football League the last three to four years. But I think Reggie White was just an absolute animal for year on year on year on year. Like, I mean, he's been this guy's been unblockable since he came into the league. In, since I mean, he came thing, into the league. The same thing is said about Reggie White. I mean, uh, well, I, no, I agree. But since Aaron Donald came into the league, he leads... He leads the statistics in sacks, quarterback pressures, quarterback hits. He leads in all three of those. He also leads in triple teams and double teams drawn. Yeah, I, so, like, like my my difference is a a spot. And like, if I go back and if I and I look at all of the stats and I say, look, like these are two completely different positions. Like, I'll I'll go and look at the numbers. I have no problem putting Aaron yeah, Donald I, too. I just feel a certain way about Reggie White than I do Aaron yeah, Donald. That's, that's fine. I just so just for the record. Uh, a few people, when we did our all-time draft, said that Andrew's defensive line was better than my defensive line. And I'd just like to say, my defensive line had Reggie White and it had Aaron Donald on it. Also with J.J. Watt. And who was my other player? I don't remember. But it was I disagreed someone... with these people. Like, but, I, right, like Everybody for... that told me my team was better... For whatever so, for reason those people, I had Lawrence Taylor, I had Aaron Donald, and I had Reggie. The three guys we just mentioned in this conversation, I had all three of them. So, yeah. like, I don't want to hear that his defensive line was better than mine. He had Demarcus Ware. I mean, come on, Demarcus, where are you? If we're being yeah. funny, like these people, I I was told by like a few people, like your team might be a little bit better. And I was like, you're on fucking crack because. I just don't see it. I, I drafted my team. Like, I should be arguing for it, but I can't argue against Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald, and Reggie White. Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis. Like like we said in that podcast, whoever got LT won. That's just how that would have worked out. Why can't I come up with who my last pass rusher was? I have no I idea. I cannot remember who it was for some reason. I mean, I'll have to go look it up, but... um. All right, let's do the next guy. We're going to save the best for last. Let's do Cooper Cup. You brought this up before. So what was your actual question? So the Hall of Fame has been brought up a lot over the past 18 hours. Um, But in regards to the quarterback of the winning team, I have a question. Well, wait, I want to do Cooper Cup first. I know. No, I'm using. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Now I have the question about the, the Super Bowl MVP winning MVP of ring. Offensive Player of the Year and the Triple Crown, all in all in one season, is Cooper Cup automatically a Hall of Famer? Okay, so I'm going to say this about Cooper Cup. It's statistically, it's the greatest season a wide receiver has ever had. Like, I don't think a wide receiver can do any better than what he did this year. I don't think it's 
really possible until someone does it. I also don't believe that one season can put you in the Hall of Fame. It, Andre Tippett, by the way. Oh, oh, Michael Strahan. No, Michael, Str- Michael Strahan. Yeah, and Michael Strahan. Like, come on, guys. Um, so, personally, and you know, you guys all know how I feel about the Hall of Fame. I take the Hall of Fame very seriously. I don't think Cooper Cup right now is a Hall of Famer. Like, if his career ended today, I don't think he's been successful enough to have been a Hall of Famer. Wide receiver is, like, the hardest position to get in for, personally. Like, T.O. had to wait. Chris Carter, who's a top 15 wide receiver of all time, like, everybody recognizes that, didn't get in until his eighth ballot. And obviously, he never had a season like Cooper Cup did, but he had, like, 10 seasons of greatness. Like, I just, I don't know if Cooper Cup, with one season, now, if he does this shit next year, you know, if he does this two more times, or close to this, which I don't think he will, but if he does this a couple times where he's in the same kind of category, different story. But he's 28 or 29 years old. He doesn't have much left in his career, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to play till he's like 37. I mean, if he plays till he's 37, God bless him, put him in the hall. But as of right now, just based on one season, I, can, I cannot do that. I'm not comfortable putting a guy in the Hall of Fame because of one season. So personally, and a lot of people probably aren't going to like what I have to say, um, Cooper Cup is a Hall of Famer. And to me, I don't, I don't think... Like, let's shoot the moon and say Cooper Cup retires tomorrow for some reason. Then he's probably not getting in. But let's assume he plays for five more years and averages a thousand yards a season. You're in. Like you're in. Yeah. Cause give me give I, me here here's my numbers for you. And I'll just do this really quick. If he goes three more seasons of twelve hundred plus yards and between eight and twelve touchdowns, three more seasons of that, I'm good. He's in. He had one year like that. It took him to have a good quarterback. If he does that three more times, fine. He's in for me. Because Stafford isn't going away. They're not giving up that much for Stafford to walk after this contract is over. Like, the Cooper Cup-Stafford connection is not going to be over next year when OBJ is there for a full year because OBJ being there just helps out Cooper Cup more. And I honestly think Robert Woods probably gets traded in the offseason. I think something gets See, I don't think he does because I think Odell's going to end up missing time and they're going to need Robert Woods. But, yeah. But I, I, I assume... Cooper Cup, barring injury and barring the mental health stuff that's so prominent in the league right now, doesn't retire. Hall of Famer, put him in. I think this is one of the best single seasons out of a wide receiver we have ever seen. No, I think it's the the, best. I think it's the best season a wide receiver's ever had. I do. I just don't think... I'm not... I'm just not good because... And we'll get into this later with the other player we're going to talk about. There's a, Everybody knows what it is. There's Thomas a Pandora's Stafford. box with this stuff. When you do this for one guy, it sets up more guys to have stuff like this. And because of the passing league that we're in now, you know, like, I'm just... And, and you know, some of the numbers he got overall, like, he, he ended up with 22 touchdowns total. So Randy Moss in 2007 had 24 total touchdowns. Okay? Cup did that with two extra games because he played four postseason games and he didn't 
and he played 17 or yeah, 17 regular season games. Randy played 16 and only three postseason games. So like the touchdown numbers are elevated for him. He he probably have what three less touchdowns? Most likely, so it'd be like 19 touchdowns, which plenty of guys have done that. So no, yeah, no my my thing is with the assumption that for the next three to five years. He can be a thousand plus receiving yeah, wide receiver. It's, like it's, it's got to be like, like twelve hundred to thirteen hundred like yards. For me, retires yeah. retires tomorrow for some whatever reason it is. Not a Hall of Famer, but he doesn't need a lot more. It, just having the single best wide receiver cur- or season of ever is just yeah seventy five percent of that. I just like like I said, I, if he continues with this level of production, I'm good. I just you know how I am with this stuff. The Hall of Fame really matters to me. It's not the Hall of Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame. And when you give something to a player because he had one season of success, that's incredibly dangerous. We have seen a lot of guys have singular seasons that are epic. Saquon Barkley. If you ask me after Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley's rookie year, oh, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Well, hell yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's had one great year. You know? Like, that's, that's just so hard to predict. And I don't think that he's had the success... Overall, yet. Now, has he been pretty good? He's been pretty good. So, like, there's something to work with here. If he gets you three more years of this, I I can get behind that. Is he going to? That's really hard to say. I can't can't get there right now. But, you know, I'm willing to open up on that. But right now, career ended today, no way. There's no way in hell I'm putting him in. I agree. Uh, that, That conversation's been brought up today, and I'm just... It makes me sick when we do this, because it makes me have to slander other players... And I don't like doing that. It, it, it brings me no joy to have to slander players. But, like, it's really frustrating when we turn the Hall of Fame into the Hall of Very Good. I can't stand that. All right. Um, you want to move on to the other guy? Let's go to the other guy. My guy. Your guy. All year. Matthew Stafford. Um, again, all we've heard all today is the Hall of Famer. Put him so in let, right now. Let me, let me do some of the names that have said it today. Just because these people in the media really pissed me off. Uh, Chris Broussard, FS1. Uh, he had that. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN. Dan Orlovsky said it last night. Yeah, well, he did say it last night. Dan Orlovsky also played with Matthew Stafford in Detroit, so there's a little bit of bias there. Keyshawn Johnson this morning on KJ and whatever, Kellerman, whatever the hell it is. I hate that fucking radio show. Um, he said it. Unequivocally, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Shut the fuck up, Keyshawn. What the hell do you know about It's not Taylor? enough to say... Hall of Famer, but does it first battle? Oh Hall yeah, of Famer? Uh, Stephen A. Smith, Hall of Famer, called him a Hall of Famer. Stephen A. Smith, I'm disgusted in him for that one, uh, and I believe Michael Irvin also said it. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, the playmaker, called him a Hall of Famer. Okay, I'm gonna let you start because I'm just disgusted today. So Matthew Stafford has a losing all-time record in the NFL. I, you're going to get mad because you mentioned it before the podcast, but I've already seen that. Like, I've seen these stats. These aren't new to me. You're taking my ammunition just, away from you me. You think they're new to me. Like, go ahead, then. You're, ma- you're no, no, more no, no. mad go, about it than no, I No, go ahead. I want to hear yours first because I didn't get your take on this. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. I, like, I don't understand why we're, we're jumping into the Rams had legitimately the best roster in the NFL this year. They did. They, they have... On their defense alone, they have three hall. They have three Hall of Famers, at least. 
Yeah, they have three Hall of Famers on their defense. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Devon Miller. Jay, like, Jalen Ramsey's debatable, but, like, Von Miller, Aaron Donald are getting in the Hall of Fame. Like, they're just going to be in. Yeah. Um, at this point, Andrew Whitworth is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know about that one. It, that one, offensive lineman's tough. Like, Tony Baselli was the best offensive lineman for, like, a five-year stretch, and he just got in and after, like, his seventh try. So, is Andrew Whitworth going to get in? Uh, I don't know. And... Cooper Cup had the greatest wide receiver season of all time. Odell Beckham is finally Odell Beckham again. Like, we need to just take a little bit away from what happened and say, okay, well, this is one of the best rosters you could play with in the league, and we need to realize that. But where I don't want you to go with this argument is to take away from the talent of Matthew Stafford. Because I, I think Matthew Stafford is still a is, is a very, very, very talented quarterback, but I'm just not going to escalate that into because he played well and like he's had skill and all of this that he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to escalate that far, but I don't want it to be de-escalated into Matthew Stafford isn't a, a skillful quarterback. So go ahead. So this is not this is not Matthew Stafford is a bad quarterback. That's not what this is. This is Matthew Stafford is not an all-time great quarterback. Okay, now what does it mean to be all-time great? Like Tom like when you do the Hall of Fame, is Tom Brady a Hall of Famer? You talk about that for half a second and yeah, the answer is yes. Peyton Manning, the answer is yes. Like we shouldn't be having to have that conversation. When I think about Matthew Stafford, here's what I think about. Has Matthew Stafford ever led the league in passing yards? Nope. No. Has he ever led the league in touchdowns? Nope. Has he ever led the league in passer rating? Nope. Has he ever led the league in completion percentage? Nope. No. Does he have an all-pro on his resume? No. No. He, yeah. I think he only has one Pro Bowl. It's, it's either one or two Pro Bowls. Don't use the Pro Bowl. You would never use the Pro Bowl. No, no, no but, but like that's the thing. The like His accolades are nothing. He has, no, he has a Super Bowl. He has a Super Bowl. He doesn't even have a Super Bowl MVP. He doesn't have a regular season MVP. This year, oh, he was so great, but guess what? He wasn't even in the MVP conversation. All year long, we never, caught, we never talked about Matthew Stafford as an MVP. Maybe you did once or twice. But it was pretty much shot down because it's like, well, is he really playing that great? No, he really wasn't. You know what Matthew Stafford has done? He's led the league in interceptions a couple times. He's led the league in pick six. I think four times he's led the league in pick six. Okay? Like, like you said, he has a losing record. He has a losing record. To call that guy a Hall of Famer, and see, and I don't want to do this. This is why the Ben Roethlisberger argument for me and the Eli Manning arguments for me, this is why I don't have them in. Because just because you win a Super Bowl and you have some statistics, that makes you a Hall of Famer. Like, Matt Safford's going to go down as a top five all-time passer. That does not matter to me at all. I don't think so. I disagree. No, he's, he's going to go down as a top five all-time passer. Like he's going to be in there. He's on route for passing yards and completions. Yes, as passing yards, he's he's in route he's in route for the passing yards, and I'm pretty sure he's he's going to be close on touchdowns to get into the top five. If he plays like five more years, he's go- he's the youngest quarterback for like all of the passing statistics because his teams have been terrible his entire career, and all he's ever done is throw. Matt Ryan and him have very similar stats. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer to you? No, and he has an MVP. Matt Ryan, in the middle of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's prime, Andrew Brees won an MVP. Matthew Stafford didn't do that. 
but we consider Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer because he won a game where he wasn't even the best quarterback on the field? Like, I'm sorry. That's not a Hall of Famer. It's not. Now, again, with the Cooper Cup thing, if Matthew Stafford plays seven more years and he's lights out for all of them, fine, you got me. But no way. Like, no way. I don't want to hear passing yards. I don't want to hear touchdowns. I don't want to hear any of that. Like, that, that is so relevant. He's never led the league in any of those categories. And all of a sudden, after one night, he's, he's magically in the hall. And, th- and that's where my Ben Roethlisberger thing is. Ben Roethlisberger won two Super Bowls. And I, I don't want to slander him, but this is my argument. He won two Super Bowls. He was carried in the first. Like, carried. He did nothing. And then in the second one, the whole season, like, he wasn't the reason they won. The defense was the reason they won. He made some plays at the end. He has two Super Bowls. Automatically, people put him in the Hall of Fame basically since that moment. Like, Ben Roethlisberger, his career accolades, he doesn't have any All-Pros. He doesn't have an MVP. He's led the league in passing, I think, twice. And I don't think he ever led in touch. He might have led touchdowns one time. And I think he led completion percentage one time. So, like, already he's more successful. But, like, his single-season accolades are really nothing. Now, he belongs in... I don't personally want him in, but he's going to get in. Now, Eli Manning, on the other hand, has none of that. Giants fans, I'm sorry. It's not me anymore. <laughs> like, he, he has none of that. Eli Manning has the two of the greatest Super Bowl runs in NFL history, and he beat Tom Brady twice in a Super Bowl. That's, that's Eli Manning's entire... That's all fame enough. That's, that's his entire claim to fame. Like, that's it. Without well, those two... The last name. Well, and the last name helps. Yeah, it does. But, like, that's why people are putting him in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, you play an entire career. You don't just play for eight weeks. I, just, I, I can't believe that I'm, like, this morning I wake up and nine ESPN analysts are calling this guy a Hall of Fame. And it's, like, leading segments. It's ridiculous. It's, it's honestly ridiculous. No, I agree. I, and I love Matthew Stafford. I, I do. I, I can literally list you my favorite Matthew Stafford moment right now. I won't because I've beating that like a dead horse over and over I know, and you, you got to get again. some more Matthew Stafford moments because honestly but like no we just need to face the facts one Super Bowl does not win you a Hall of Fame as a quarterback no matter how many years you were on the Lions like does that help that you spent 12 years in a hell with an organization that never wanted to help you or your fellow teammates never got you a good coaching staff never never tried to acquire play never Jim tried Caldwell Never tried to acquire players to help you get better other than, I mean, yeah, I, I say other than Megatron, and but, I mean, come on. Like, you can't win with just Matthew Stafford and Megatron. That, that's not something that's feasible. And they made the playoffs. Uh, three times. Never won a playoff game. Never. It was, wait, is it twice? Or th- I think it's I think twice. It's twice. It's twice. Never yeah, won they, a playoff got, game. they got blown out by the Saints, and they lost the That was the year that they, the Saints won the Super Bowl, too, I think. No, it was the year after. Year after okay. it was, um, yeah, they get blown out by the Saints in his first playoff game, and then the second one uh, they lose to Dallas, in yeah. which which ended on a shitty call, but like it was still you know it, it was whatever. So does does twelve years of pain and suffering in Detroit gain you a little bit? Then winning a Super Bowl gain you a little bit of credit? Sure, we'll give you fifteen percent of your Hall of Fame journey. Through just the pain and suffering you've had throughout so, your career. So, so we're at, if we're if we're grading on a curve here, 
Matthew Stafford is 15% of a Hall of Famer, in your opinion. I was going to say 25 25. Okay, 25 to 30 is fair. Because I think that's actually a pretty fair number. 15% for his years in Detroit, and I'll give him another 15 to 20, 25 maybe. Oh, wow. You just you went from 15% to like 40%. Because I, 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 just off the top of my head, how much do I think a Super Bowl is worth? Like, I think Super Bowls, are they're valued different. Like, I think you value Super Bowls differently. You and I value them way differently. And we've gone over this, like... Like, Eli Manning's 2007 Super Bowl is worth more than any Super Bowl, basically, in history. Yes. Other, like, the only one that's close is the 28-3 to game. Because that was just, like, there's no other fucking guy on the planet that can pull this off except for 12. So, like, Eli Manning's 07 one, I think, is the most valuable Super Bowl in history. How much are we really giving him for last night's game? Like I thought he played like shit for a little bit for a little while there. No, and that that's where the the Super Bowl percentage changes based on how you value his pain and suffering in Detroit. Like so I'm going to give him I'm going to give him 30 to 35%. So he's 35 of the way to being a so Hall of Famer. So he's 35% of the way to being a Hall of Famer in your opinion. If he I, cracks the top 10 in yards, add another 20. I think he's already on No, he's already in the Is top. Is he already 10. in the top yes, 10? I think he's already in. Add 15. No, like no no no, you can't do that. Like you've you've seen his career. You can't just give him 15% for cracking that because that list is not impressive anymore. It's just not. Every guy every guy that's in the league now that plays for 15 years is going to be on that list, basically. If you play 15 years... Do you know how many passing yards Joe Flacco has? No. He has like 46,000 passing yards. Okay? Joe Flacco. Is Joe Flacco a Hall of Famer? Is Joe Flacco elite? Like, remember that conversation we used to have that like every other week? <laughs> Good Iron Heights. Is he is he elite? No, he's not, but we think he might be. No, he's not. Like, he's just not. So, yeah, like plenty of guys are gonna have fifty thousand passing yards. That number is irrelevant now. Like that used to be a big deal. Guys get to fifty thousand, it's like their career's been made. Now fifty thousand is like, okay, play for twelve years and you're going to get there. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put Matthew Stafford at fifty percent of the way to a, to a Hall of Famer. Fifty, yes. And I'm gonna say with all of the addition I just did in my head, I'm gonna say the once guy that w- really struggles with addition. Once too. you get to seventy five, eighty, that's when you start to question it. And with that being said, I gave a Super Bowl fifteen to thirty, fifteen to twenty five percent of your of your because uh, just imagine what if they back to back it. It's another twenty-five that puts them at seventy. If they go, if they go, if they go back to back, if they go back to back, I'll put them in. Oh, I agree. Because I think, it's I only been think, done eight times. I don't times. think you can put Ben Roethlisberger in there with basically the same acumen, but just on a way fucking better organization than the Detroit Lions. Well, like here, here you go. Take the Super Bowl away last night. Yep. Is Matt Stafford's career better than Philip Rivers? No. And is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer in your opinion? No. That's all I. Know. Uh, that's, I yeah, that's that's my whole argument. Like. And this is this is why I struggle with Ben. Like But it's just the two Super Bowls. I understand. Like, and I think and like the problem is if you're giving me the grades on the Super Bowls that Ben won, Ben has two <laughs> really low graded Super Bowls. Yeah, he's one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Okay, about. the game was great, but the degree of difficulty was incredibly low. You know? Like Eli's Super Bowls, the degree of difficulty is like eleven out of ten. It's like how the fuck did this guy pull this off? Kid show. Right. Like, he pulled it off. Okay, congratulations. You did two of the greatest things in NFL history. Good for you. You know? Like, Ben's are like twos. They're like twos and fours. I think that the Cardinals Super Bowl is a four, and I think the Seattle Super Bowl is a two, personally, on degree of difficulty. I would say last night the Rams win was 
I'm going to go with a three on degree of difficulty. Really? I, look, that Bengals team really wasn't that good. The and hottest we, team in football. Right, they were hot. But were they were they good? They got incredibly lucky yeah, against Oakland. Apple. Yeah, they do have Eli. They got incredibly lucky against Oakland. I think we all acknowledge that. Oakland? Or, I'm sorry. There's a team Las in Oakland Vegas, right now? Las Vegas, you, you know. They, they were lucky. 2016 again? Yeah, right. They were lucky against Tennessee. You know, they were incredibly lucky against Tennessee. They just were. And then against the Chiefs, you know, whatever happened, happened. I think Mahomes maybe got concussed or something. Mahomes I don't Joe know. Burrow's suit at half right. Like, just... the night before the game, uh, Joe Burrow was in Patrick Mahomes' bedroom, and Mahomes went upstairs to go to bed, and there was Joe Burrow with his wife, and just... <laughs> I don't think we should make that narrative. But sure. I like it. I think it's funny. But, like... Whatever happened, happened. The Bengals were incredibly lucky to be in the Super Bowl. They weren't a very good team. Their offensive line was terrible. Their secondary was had a lot of holes. Like, you know, that the degree of difficulty on that was not high. It just wasn't. I was gonna give it like a five. Yeah, it's the. I'm not gonna give it higher than the Cardinals Super Bowl, because that Cardinals team was better than this Bengals team. Yeah, but I'd give the Cardinals one like a six. Yeah, of course you would. You're biased on that <laughs> one. I I don't know. It's all right. Let's do the last the last legacy. Sean McVay. Well, if he retires tomorrow, no. No, I'm not talking about Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame for coaches is weird for me. You have to have a lot of wins. Is is Sean McVay a genius? That, I think that's the word that we get used a lot. Is he a genius? No. I don't think so. You don't think he's a, a football genius? No. I okay. think he panics a lot. I think so, too. I, I think his ability to just change is... And I think we said this at one point. Because what what's coming out of my mouth seems very, very familiar. I think his ability to change is adapt to what other teams will do. Is not very good. So you know what's funny about that? The Ram what the Rams all year long like couldn't run the ball, right? Yeah. Like they couldn't run. For some reason last night they can't run the ball, and Sean McVay's like, run the ball. Run the shit out of that ball, baby. Like, let's run it. And it's like, you're it's not working. Try something else. Sony Michelle had two carries for two yards. Like Sony Michelle is a productive back. Kimmaker's averaged one point six yards. Yeah, one point six yards a carry, and you're still trying to pound the rock in the fourth quarter. Like, what the hell? I Matt's Zach, Sean McVay like got out coached by Zach Taylor last night. Except Zach Taylor made like three massive mistakes, and it was just like, oh, you didn't want to block Aaron Donald. You're going to lose. I, I don't understand how that's possible. I think Sean McVay's a great coach. The genius thing, though, I disagree with. He's been in two Super Bowls now. He's won one. He's been in the playoffs, I think, every year he's been a head coach. That's, I mean, that's really impressive. I mean, in the first one, he held the Patriots to 13 points. So, I mean, I guess that, that goes for Wade Phillips a little held, bit more. Wade Phillips held the Patriots to 13 points, okay? Not Sean McVay. I'm just sad it's over. Thinking about it now, like, I, I haven't really thought about it, but it's like I don't have football for seven months. So now I have to watch basketball? Like a sport that I like talking about and like I I know, but I don't just don't like watching it. Well, if MLB ever gets their act together, we'll be able to watch baseball. I mean Me? Watch baseball? I think you said this year because of gambling you're gonna get into it more. What are you gonna do in, in the summer when there's nothing stupid for you to bet on? Start smoking cigarettes because my addiction's <laughs> gonna get too bad. 
<laughs> I'll see Andrew like two weeks from now or two weeks into the summer. He'll be like 146 pounds. Itching and scratching. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> you got any of those player props for me? I bet you $50 this coin lands on tails. $50 and a pack of Marlboro shorts. That this coin here lands on tails. And oh. it's never fucking tails. I told you. It never heads. is. So just, f- just so everybody's aware, uh, on Saturday, Andrew and I talked about the coin toss. And Andrew decided that he was going to gamble on the coin toss. I told him, pick heads. You'll be more comfortable picking heads because 55% of the time it's heads. Just go with the one that like y- you feel comfortable about. He tried to get cute, tried to be smart. The odds he picked tails. Even. Tails never fails, like, baby. Oh, apparently it does, though. Like The odds were even. If it was minus 104, if it was plus 105, the minus 105... Because that fifty five percent of the time, right? I but mean, it's truly fifty fifty. But in actuality, fifty five percent of the time, it's heads. I just I so instead of going with Super heads, Bowl. he put it on tails, and I don't understand that I, at all. I, I, I followed Pat McAfee. Probably wasn't a good idea because now he's down ninety thousand dollars. I think I saw I throughout he, to- coin yeah, tosses. I think he's hurting a lot this year. Uh, that that's got to hurt. Did you listen to his podcast today? I did not. So I don't want to shout out Pat McAfee because we have a better podcast than he does. But uh, <laughs> All right. I listened to it today, and uh, he was talking about how like his same game parlays that he makes since he's sponsored by FanDuel, none of them have ever hit, none, and like he's down ninety thousand dollars throughout coin flips over the last two years because he put fifty down last year. Like maybe that's where I should just should just say, alright, Pat McAfee, I'm not listening to you next year. Like I listened to the no touchback thing too, and it was a touchback. There were a lot of touchbacks that game, actually, even though it was a completely yeah, different just, ball. But right, um, let's just do a little bit more on the game, and then we'll move on. Um, Bright signs. That's that's what yeah, I have to let's, ask you. Let's, what are, okay. Going into next year, um, I had a hot take last next l- year. Jesus, I can't even think about that. Yet. I had a hot take last night, a little bit of a hot take after the game, and I said I don't think the Bengals even make the playoffs. Now, thinking about it now, the road for the Bengals to make the playoffs might be easier because the AFC North, barring the Steelers getting a quarterback, is kind of wide open between the Bengals and the Ravens because the Browns and the Steelers are going to suck. I mean, Baker Mayfield's not leaving the Browns to do anything, and the Steelers without a quarterback is just throw a dying fish out there. It's the same exact product. It's going to be a Najee Harris-heavy year. Um I just don't – I think the Bengals got extremely lucky with their playoff draw, playing the Raiders. Oh, well, I mean, you remember I was saying I wanted New England to play Cincinnati. Yeah. I felt like that was our best chance to win a playoff game. I think I think the Rams have a lot of free agents as well, and I, they, I think they can afford to get rid of Von Miller. I think – I think they're going to end up keeping him. And if they do, good. Because Von Miller, he had a sack in that game. He was getting pressure on I think on he'll Burrow take it. as well. I think there's a good chance he takes a discount yeah. and stays in L.A. Same thing Odell, um, Odell said. Like, I don't know what the Bengals are really going to have next year after a, a really high upside end of their year. Everyone's going to be like, the Bengals are going back to the Super Bowl. They're the second best team in football just because they lost the Super Bowl. And it's like, you still have to play against the Bills. You still have to play against the Chiefs. The Chargers are going to be way better next year. Like, the Ravens were missing 19 
defensive players this year due to injuries. Like, Lamar Jackson missed four games in the regular season due to injury and sickness and whatever. The Steelers could potentially have a quarterback. Like, the there are all of these teams that you have to go against. Uh, go against the Colts. If the Colts go and get Kirk Cousins, like, because Carson Wentz is probably going to be gone, the Colts are going to make the playoffs and make a run. The Titans are probably going to make the playoffs and make a run. Like, these are a lot of teams you have to play against. So, I mean, I'll put it on the board. I'm confident. Like, I think the Bengals you, don't make the you playoffs. You got Bengals not making playoffs. If I have to have a hot take right now for next year, I'm going to put the Bengals don't make the playoffs. Do we erase the board now? Yeah, we, we can erase the board. Yeah. So, we'll erase the board. Um, and we will start for next season. And the handwriting's gonna look fucking way worse too. It's That's gonna be all right. so bad. It's fine. Um, let, I mean, let's run through it because here's the thing. I think for them to make the playoffs, they're gonna have to win the division. I don't think wild card is gonna be an option for them because if your record's not good enough to win that division, I mean, right now, wild card teams from last year, like New England. Come on, New England's gonna make the playoffs next year. New England Steelers, Raiders. I think Steelers are out. Yep. I would. I think the Chargers. Okay, so are in. so wait a minute. Does, who's Pittsburgh's quarterback next year? Let's go through some options really quickly. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. They obviously make the playoffs. Steelers win the division. They'll win the division. I think Bengals would be out. Deshaun Watson. If it's Deshaun Watson, I think you win the division. Bengals are out. Russell Wilson. I think the Bengals can still win the win the division. I agree. I am not on the Russell Wilson train anymore. Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Steelers have a chance with that one. But I would say that the Bengals would be favored over them. Kirk Cousins, I'll take Kirk Cousins. I, think, I will. I think there are two quarterbacks right now that I'm saying 100% we win the division. We said them. It's Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. Potentially winning the division. Maybe Kirk. I think Kirk is good enough to win that division. With Mike Tomlin, with that, with, with that offense and that defense, I think he would be good enough to get it done. I don't think our corners are good enough for Jimmy Garoppolo because, like, we get scored on a lot. Like, we really... The other teams put up a lot of points on us. If Mason so, Rudolph is your quarterback, are you guys good enough to win the division? We'll have a fucking snail trail to the to the number one pick in the draft next year. <laughs> no, like, you guys won't be that That'll bad. be the slowest season as a Patriots for Steelers that I'll ever have. Like, I'll just... Oh, there's Rudolph getting set. Oh, Dewey Haskins is on the sideline. Like... Okay, so so Steelers, it depends on who your quarterback yes. is going to be. Ravens are going to be a threat, but here's where I'm concerned with the Ravens. They have a lot of money tied up in very few amount of guys. I think Lamar is, I think he's been figured out. I think he's truly been figured out, and that's a problem. Browns, I'm just out on. You're oh, we forgot to mention Kyler Murray potentially for the Steelers as well. That one, so... I don't want to talk about Kyler Murray yet because I want more information on this to come out. I don't even know if he's going to be playing football next year. Yeah, like we're all acting like the Cardinals are going to trade him. Why would they trade him? They have no reason to. They're not. They have two years left with him. No, I know. You know, like they've just okay, fine. You don't want to play, don't play. We don't have to pay you. Cool. We're not going to trade you. That's no, ridiculous. I just wanted to throw so his name yeah, out I mean, fair enough. Um, I don't even know if he's going to play football. To be honest, the Browns. Oh, we we didn't talk about Baker yet, but we'll get to him. Uh, you know how I feel about the Browns. If Baker Mayfield's their quarterback, I don't care about you. I would You're, never be high on the Browns again. You let them let them shock me. I I learned my lesson. I would, right, I would rather be surprised by the Browns than have any faith. in them I learned whatsoever. my lesson. I, it's on the board. That's how confident I was. Like, 
Clearly, it was Odell's fault, right? Oh, yeah. Because we all know Odell was not balling last night before he got hurt. Right? Odell was the problem. That's why Jarvis Landry wasn't a good... Oh, wait. Hang right. on. He wasn't a good wide receiver after he left, so it doesn't even matter. That's right. Um, Yeah. So, the rest of the rest of the teams they're going to have to worry about. Tennessee, Indianapolis. Okay? That's from a different division. Bills, New England, we already mentioned them. There's a slim chance on the Dolphins, but I think without Flores, they're a joke, so we're going to discount them. The Chargers. I think the Chargers, at some point here, like at some point here, the Chargers are going to get out of their own way and they're going to figure it out and they're going to make the playoffs because they're due. You know, it's once every four years with them, they'll make the playoffs, so fine. As far as the next team, obviously the Raiders made it. it will they be better? I don't know because I don't believe in Josh McDaniels as a head coach. So is he going to be able to be a successful coach for them this year? I have no idea. Are they going to be able to put players around Derek Carr that don't go to have Derek Carr? uh, That's another question, too. Are they going to be able to put players around their quarterback that don't end up in prison? I think that's a legitimate question. So if I go through the AFC, like if Denver gets a quarterback, Denver's going to make the playoffs. Their team is loaded. Like they are loaded at almost every position. That's another team they would have to worry about. I don't think it's possible for the Bengals to get a playoff or to get a wild card spot. Their their record's going to be harder. Like they're going to have to play all the winning. To, so they're playing the Bills. They're playing the Chiefs. That's two losses. They're probably going to lose both those games. And they're playing the Titans. And they're playing the Titans, which is possibly a loss with a healthy Derek Henry. Yeah, it's right. Like you think Mahomes is going to let you beat him again? No, it's unlikely. I don't think you're crazy for that. I, I really don't. I think that's a strong possibility. You just have to find me who the division winner is. Yeah, no. Because exactly. I don't believe in the Ravens and I don't believe in the Browns. I believe in your team if you guys have a quarterback. But do you are you going to have one? That's my question. Who's playing for the Steelers? Because I think it's their division to lose if they have a quarterback. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, do we think that the Steelers could make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback? I not mean, from this no. class. Not from this yeah. class. I don't. I don't see anyone in this class that's a day one starter. No, I agree. I, like, like Kenny Pickett, is he really going to start day one? I don't know. Hey, for us, yeah. Well, maybe. Because I, like Matt Corral, I like Matt Corral. Am I starting him day one? Probably not. I feel like he needs a couple weeks to really figure it out. I don't know. I, I just, Malik Willis, eh. He's athletic. Sure. I don't know. I don't think I really want to start him. So uh, that's hard for me. Yeah. So we went down the AFC road. Now let's go Super Bowl champs. What do the Rams need to do? Or what do other teams need to do just to kind of give themselves a chance to go back to back? The Bucks are out of the picture. Well, hang on a minute, because I, I figured we would start here. Okay. Serious reports the Bucks have are interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. I haven't seen those. I saw Aaron Rodgers. That was reported today. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, all three of them the Bucks are in on. If they get any one of those three... They're going to win the division. Well, they're going to win the division anyways because that division is going to be a shithole this year. Well, no, I think if they don't have a quarterback, it's the Falcons' division. You don't think Kyle Trask is good enough to win that division? No. No? No. Do we, do we need to go back and just read our pre-draft reports and all that stuff about how I feel about Kyle Trask? Come on. I know you felt better about Kyle Trask than you did about Mac Jones, though. Did I really? A little, a little, there was a couple times where... I have where, to go back and listen no, to that? It, it wasn't... It, that's not the case, but there was a couple times where you were like, I think Kyle Trask's upside is higher than Mac Jones, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's where we're going to go with this. Okay, cool. I probably said that, yeah. 
Um, so I, th- I don't think Tampa's out. Tampa's roster is ridiculous. Like they have a lot of free agents they're going to have to figure out, but their roster is ridiculous if they can keep some of them together. They're probably going to lose Chris Godwin. I don't think they're going to tag him. That would be ridiculous. Um, there's nobody else in the NFC South. Obviously, the Cowboys are talented. Can they get out of their own way? That is yet to be seen. We don't know that for a fact. The Eagles. I have zero faith in the Eagles as an organization. Good for you. You made the playoffs. You don't have a quarterback that can win you a playoff game. I think your offense and defense are both a mess. I think your receiving core is terrible. No thanks. I'll make another bold prediction. This isn't going on the board, but I'll, I'll give a bold prediction. Kalen Hurts is his top 10 quarterback next year. Fantasy or regular? Both. Both? Yep. Top 10? Yep. Put that up there I'm now. I'm not putting it on I the board. I want that. I, oh, you don't want to put no, it on I'm the board. No, I'm not putting oh, it on the board. Oh, I thought you were saying let's put that on the board and let's No, I it. said I have another bold prediction that I'm not putting on the board. Oh, okay. Okay. I heard board and prediction. I said, whoa. No, this is one thing that in, in the span of conversation I can be hold, told that I had said this at one point, but this is not something that I'm saying with full-blown confidence, or 90-plus, that Jalen Hurts is going to be a top 10. It's just, I have a feeling deep down inside of me. It might just be gas, but it's Jalen Hurts might be a top 10 quarterback this year. No team wins that division two years in a row. It just doesn't happen. Don't say the Giants. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Don't. I am. That's disgusting. I like Brian Dayball. I really like him as a hire. I like that they have a couple draft picks. I like that they... They have some flexibility of what they can do. Nah. Nah. Is Daniel Jones going to be healthy for 17 games? Saquon Barkley going to be the running back for the Giants? I'm not worried about that. I'm not. That that position to me is movable. But if is is Jones going to be healthy for 17 games? Because if you can tell me that, I almost want to pick the Giants. Even year. if so, I don't. Think I, I feel good about give that. Give me the Eagles. I, you, okay, like, you'll take the Eagles. I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to repeat as NFC champs. I just uh, NFC East champs. It doesn't happen. That that division is weird. It's stupid. They're going to actually play good teams this year and not play nine under five hundred teams like they basically do every fucking season. Kid show. So I don't know. I, that one's hard. NFC North. Who's Aaron Rodgers playing for? Is he playing for the Packers? Because he's playing for the Packers, then I have nothing to worry about. The Packers are going to win that division. Now, can the Packers win in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers? That's a different story. They seriously, they honestly can't beat the Niners. Like, so do, do they have to play the Niners when they get into the postseason? Because if they don't have to play them, they should be okay. Unless Tom Brady comes back out of retirement, in which case he can't beat Tom Brady in the playoffs either. So he's fucked. Kid show. The Vikings, I have no, I have little to no faith in them to win I mean, a playoff. If you make game. this trade for Carson Wentz, then no. Definitely not if you trade I mean, for Carson. Lions, if you're trading for Carson Wentz, you're not making the playoffs. That's your yeah. that's your goal is to miss the playoffs. Okay, the Lions. Cool. Uh, come on. Lions to win seven games next year? Sure, yeah. Whatever their over under is, I'm betting it. Yeah. On wins. I'm betting it next year. I'm taking the over for sure. And then the Bears show me that Justin Fields is a competent NFL quarterback and then show I'll be me set. that you can do anything yeah. other than play special teams. Yeah. Their defense was average this year. Their offense was terrible. I mean now. Onto the dreaded NFC West, the toughest division in football. Seahawks out. If you don't have Russell Wilson, just well, hold on. All three, all three teams have a quarterback problem. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. is like gone. That that that's gone. That's been reported by Schefter that he's just done with them. Kyler Murray might not want to play football anymore. Who's the best? Is it Rose? No, it's not. Rosen. No, it's not Rosen. It's um, 
It's Colt McCoy. Oh, fuck. It's Colt McCoy. <laughs> like, now, the Cardinals roster is good, so could they convince somebody to come and play for them? Could they go get Gardner Minshew? Sure. Gardner Minshew's not winning that division. As much as I like Minshew, that is not happening. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, well, is Tom Brady going to be the quarterback of the Niners next year? Because if Tom Brady's the quarterback of the Niners, then I'm picking the Niners to win the whole goddamn thing. That, like, that's my thing. Who... Is Tom Brady playing in the NFL next year? No. He, if he's not, then the Rams are going to go back to the Super Bowl. If Tom Brady plays in the NFL next year, give me the team that Tom Brady's playing for to represent the NFC. Because he's not going back to the AFC. He's not stupid. The AFC's loaded. He's going to the NFC. The NFC is the weaker conference. It just is. No, I agree. So I mean, really, the, the, the Rams need to just work on their roster issues and they'll be fine. I, I love how he's been retired for two weeks and already we're having the is Tom Brady playing for somebody next year too. <laughs> and it's not just us on this podcast. Like if you follow ESPN. Gronk in an interview said, oh, I think Tom will wait two years. he come back and play some football. Right. Like he's just going to be 46 <laughs> and he's going to roll out of bed and go, yeah, I'm still fucking better than everybody on the planet. Like it's it's just ridiculous. That's what HGH does for you, bud. Fuck you. <laughs> that is so disgusting. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else with this game? Is there no. anything else you want to talk about? I mean, can, can I take the victory lap that the game was not good? And yeah. Like, I think people were probably pretty disinterested I mean, in this game. Are we voiding that $10 bet for... We can void it. Yeah, I don't care. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I just... I, I'm sorry. I, I kind of figured that's how the game was going to be. I, I picked a high score because I was probably picking optimistically, but I did not feel that whatsoever. Um. You want to take a quick break, and then we'll come back? Sure. All right. NBA trade deadline was last week. Uh, I wish that they didn't. Like, Olympics, NBA trade deadline, Super Bowl, all within, like, a four-day span. It's too much information for my brain to handle. Uh, Thursday was a just long day for me. I, there was too much news, a lot of stuff happening. Let's start with the big one. Uh, James Harden is dealt to Brooklyn. For Ben Simmons, Steph Curry, Andre Drummond, and two firsts. And Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, just give me your takeaway from that. Um, Watch out for the 76ers. And I don't think it helps the Nets at all. I would have rather have James Harden on my team than Ben Simmons easily. I don't think I'd want a 25-year-old with confidence issues who hasn't played in, what, like nine months, nine months since he's played a basketball game, yeah. So, so I mean, like he's obviously three weeks away from even like being in shape. Like he's gonna need three weeks to get in shape. Kevin Durant is still gonna be out at least another month. Kyrie Irving's only playing road games unless they're in Canada, in which case he can't play in Canada. What? My problem with this is, okay, you obviously had to trade Harden. Why in God's name would you send him to Philly? Like, it's not like you got an amazing package back. Like, Ben Simmons is a nice player. I like Ben Simmons. I don't think he's, like, awful. I think I've slandered him more than he deserves. Ben Simmons can clearly be an all-NBA guy. Like, he's good enough to be an all-NBA player. Is he going to be the best player on a championship team? No. Is he going to be asked to do that in Brooklyn? No. There's no way I'm sending James Harden to the team that I'm probably going to see in the first or second round of the playoffs. There's no way. Like, I'm just not doing that. No, I agree. I just don't see how... The the situations for, for Ben Simmons working out for the Nets are limited. Like, 
All right, if you play the the, the Raptors, and we talked about this the other day, if you play the Raptors first round in the playoffs, Kyrie Irving can't play a single game. So you have Ben Simmons running the one, Seth Curry at the two, KD at the three, then what, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond at the five? Andre Drummond, Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas, um, whoever else they have on their bench. I can't. I can't even think of their bench guys at this point. Oh, Patty Mills. They Patty Mills. I like him. So, I don't see a situation where you're beating the Raptors who can just say, okay. Well, I mean, they'll beat the Raptors because they have Kevin Durant. But, like, you're... I think you're still putting way too much pressure on Ben, or on ben Simmons. And then what are the odds that you play the 76ers? Like, if you don't... Probably high. I mean, the Sixers right now are the five seed. So, right now... If the Nets were to get in, they'd be either the seven or the eight. They wouldn't if the if the Sixers stay at the five seed, they wouldn't see them till the conference finals. Which good luck to the Sixers getting to the conference finals, because you're probably gonna have to play Milwaukee to do that. And I do not like Philly versus Milwaukee. Giannis Giannis can handle Embiid. I think Giannis is the best Embiid defender in the league, personally. Because he's just like, I, I, I'm not afraid of you at all. Um, but, I mean, if Philly plays Brooklyn, well, Brooklyn has Brooklyn has Drummond. And Drummond against Embiid, we've seen that. Drummond gets his ass kicked. So that doesn't help you. Now, I like that they have bodies to throw at him. I like Nick Claxton. I like Drummond. I like Blake Griffin. You can throw all those guys at Embiid. But if Harden is 85% of Harden, that's a problem for you. And then they have Tobias Harris, who I like. I like Tobias Harris. I like Tyrese Maxey. The Sixers have plenty of guys to throw at Kevin Durant. They have, like, multiple guys that can defend Durant. I don't like that for Brooklyn. And I like Seth Curry. Do I want Seth Curry having to defend massive minutes against, you know, Tyrese Maxey and James Harden in a playoff series? No. I really don't. So... First-round picks sound great. You never know what they're going to be unless you're getting them from a shit team. So that I take no stock in. I just, I would not have dealt him to Philly. I If a player wants something badly, there's a good chance I'm not giving it to him. Also, Kevin Durant, you and Kyrie are boys, right? Maybe just make it so that Kyrie's not such a moron. Like, not... Did did you see the story? I think we talked about this. Did you see the story about Kyrie Irving in Cleveland with James Harden? No. So for those of you that don't know, Kyrie is on this big Indian thing where when he goes to a place of evil, he likes to light up sage and spread sage around the arena. So he was in Cleveland, I think two months ago, for a road game. And at his locker was burning sage. And James Harden looked at him and then said, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Uh, hey, KD, can you just like maybe figure Kyrie out and tell him, bro, we got a chance to win a championship because we have one of the greatest rosters ever, ever assembled. Maybe don't be a weirdo. Like, can you chill on the, on the spiritual shit for about five minutes so we can actually put some games together and not be in the, the play-in tournament? I mean, I disagree. I think the problems between Kyrie and James Harden stem from other ways, and it... Like, if, if Sage is the driving factor for James Harden to not want to play with Kyrie, then I think that's James Harden issue. No, no, I, I think issue. that Kyrie Irving is a fucking weirdo, and he's a problem in the locker room. Because it's not like this is the first locker room that Kyrie Irving's been a problem in. As a Celtics fan, I can attest to that. Like, 
he's a problem in the locker room with certain guys. Certain guys just do not vibe with him because he's weird. And for Kevin Durant to not be able to handle that, like that's, I said this to you the other day, this is like a big legacy thing for him. Like you can't keep locker rooms together, clearly. You have issues being the leader of a locker room. You couldn't just like tell Kyrie, hey man, can you not like be a fucking psychopath kid show around James? Like the guy just wants to win and he's not into that bullshit. Like he likes to go out party and go to strip clubs and not give a shit about what he puts in his in his body. Like just just leave him alone, man. You couldn't I don't, do I that? don't think burning sage kind of should be James Harden's issue. Right, I, but that's that's not the whole point though. The the point is like Kyrie is weird as hell. Like the and, and we're not going to talk about vaccines, but like the guy's bitching about a vaccine mandate, but every single one of his teammates and all of the Knicks players are vaccinated. You're the only guy on either one of those teams that's not vaccinated. So what are you complaining about? None of those guys are complaining. You're complaining. You're the problem. You're the reason that you can't play home games. There's a rule. If you don't like the rule, you can't. If you don't want to follow the rule, you therefore then can't bitch about the rule if everybody else is following it. Sorry that you think that you're better than everybody else. And I've said this to you before. Kyrie Irving walks around like he is better than every other human being on the planet. I don't know. I I think the issues are just... Katie is friends with both of them, and it's one of those situations where... Like, two friends have... one, One of two friends has an outside friend, and they bring that outside friend into the group, and then those your friend and your outside friend don't get along so it kind of just stems to issues and i think that those are those are players that think that they are way better than they actually are because i mean james harden is good but like is james harden like amazing i i, I don't i don't think i mean we're compa- right, right now the nets with kd and james harden or the nets with kd and kyrie no, which which, no, which one has a better chance to win a championship no it's it's kd with james harden and it, but i'm i'm saying like these are two people that kind of need to suck it up and say all right well KD is the best player out of us three. Like, we need to just kind of put everything else away and just, like, play some fucking basketball. That's all you got to do is play basketball. Like, right, I get the that. Issues, the issues. Okay, but, that, but see, here's the thing. James Harden's there every single day, and then this guy won't play, can't play in home no, games I, I, and I, then I, shows up on the road and then is being weird off to the side. Like, hey, man, can you just get your shit together so that we can win? The no, guy, I, he didn't want to go. He was healthy enough to go to the bubble, and he chose not to go to the bubble and play in the playoffs because of other reasons, because he didn't feel it was the right time to go because of other things going on in the country doesn't do he blames everybody else except for himself for everything that's going on everything that goes wrong around that guy he blames the media James Harden just wants to play basketball so at what point is James Harden supposed to stop letting it bother him because honestly I would get sick of it I I would just be dude can you just shut up and play like I get that you're righteous if you're righteous retire and go do something else because we're not even sure if Kyrie Irving really enjoys playing basketball that's my point. And like for Brooklyn to have to trade him because he couldn't get along with Kyrie because Kyrie is a problem, I think is on Kevin Durant. I think it's Kevin Durant's fault for that because if I'm him, I'm going to Brooklyn going, get, get him the hell out of here. I can't deal with this shit anymore. He's driving teammates out the door because he's weird. I don't know. I just think it's just two players that just I, – I don't know. Does James Harden really want to play basketball? I think James Harden actually does want to play basketball. I think James Harden wants to win. I think James Harden doesn't want to deal with bullshit. 
Why would I want to deal with that guy? I would. I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I I think it's more than just Kyrie burning sage. That's no. I, that's an example. I, you keep going back to that. There's more than just I, that. I, I just this guy I, literally no. believes the Earth is flat. <laughs> you really want like? It's ha- not right. Okay. Right. Like, do you think that he just burns sage and thinks the Earth is flat? No. This guy's probably in the locker room preaching to the players. He runs his mouth to the media constantly. He's always tweeting on social media about how things are unfair and oh woe is me. I live such a hard life. You think James Harden really wants to hear that? No, but like I, I think part of the issue is is was James Harden. I don't I don't think that that James Harden's slate is clean. When like, James Harden was healthy, did he show up to work every day? Yeah, he showed up, right? D- Kyrie Irving's healthy. Is he showing up to work? Every I think day? you are a little biased. You hate Kyrie Irving. I loved Kyrie Irving for the longest time, and then I realized what a problem he is in the locker room. He, ju- he decided he didn't want to play basketball. This was before the vaccine mandates. He chose he didn't want to play because he didn't like how the media was addressing him. This guy quit on his basketball team because the media portrayed him as a bad guy. James Harden didn't want to play with a guy like that. Now, is James Harden completely clean in this? No. James Harden clearly put on a lot of weight. James Harden clearly doesn't take care of his body the best way that he possibly could. James Harden clearly doesn't put in a lot of effort in some games when he wants to get his own way. And I don't excuse him for that, but I'm not going to call I'm not going to beat him to death because Kyrie Irving was a problem, clearly. I, that was a terrible time for both of us to take a drink too. Yeah. Um all right. We'll move on to the next one. I thought this was the worst trade of all of them, DeMontis Sabonis. And I, I think you probably disagree as far as it being the worst trade, but I just don't understand what the Kings are doing. And, I mean, it's fun to laugh at the Kings. They are the most laughable franchise in the NBA. Um, so the Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. That's irrelevant. For DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Justin Holiday. Jeremy Lamb, and a second-round pick. On paper, that looks good. Like, you got the best player in the trade. I would much rather have Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, you're getting rid of a future all-star. Like, no, all-NBA. I think he's like an all-NBA kind of player. Tyrese Halliburton, why are you not like trying to get DeMontis Sabonis with this guy? Like, Why aren't you saying, I have this second-year player of... Tyrese Halliburton, why am I not trying to just get this amazing all-star caliber player to pair him with him? And let's go on a fucking playoff run for the first time in ever. So, yeah, like I totally agree with you. Okay, Tyrese Halliburton is a point guard who averages 19 and 10. but he, It's roughly 19 and 10. He's a little off of that. But you trade him because you want to make De'Aaron Fox happy, who's having a bad year, who's historically been a player that's doesn't win games doesn't get other teammates involved isn't really efficient like you you want to keep that guy happy that should be the guy you're trying to get off of your team I just don't understand that and could you imagine Halliburton with Sabonis two guys that love to move the ball can play spread pick and roll can both shoot from the outside both excellent passers both great rollers, both two really good guys to play off ball. Oh my god, 
That's like a dream come true. I what? what? Seriously? Like now the other part of this trade I don't like is not only do they give up Halliburton, they give up Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald with Sabonis is such a nice pairing because, oh, you have a guy that can shoot off the ball. Like, that's such a good fit with Sabonis. And they just, they, and I understand they had to throw something else into the deal to make the contracts work. Can we get some, how about Harrison Barnes? Can, can you guys take Harrison Barnes off our hands? Because, like, we've been trying to trade that guy for two years and we've done nothing with him. So maybe we can just trade him instead of Buddy Heald. All right, I agree. We're on the same page here. I just don't... I, I don't know that the Kings are just competent enough to be an NBA organization. Ship them off to the NCAA. It's so bad. Like It's like every time that they make a good decision, they make seven bad ones. It's almost like when you make three bad decisions, you have to make a fourth bad decision so that you you can justify the other three. Like They gave, they gave Deer and Fox that contract. It's a bad contract. Then they go and draft two more point guards to go with De'Aaron Fox after giving him a bad contract and go, oh, well, we drafted three point guards and one of them is overpaid. Fuck, we got to trade one of them. Let's trade the wrong one to make it all better. Like, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Just chip them off to China or the NCAA. Like, get, get rid of the Sacramento Kings. It's just all you need to do. Should they have to play the number one G League team next year and for, like, a demotion kind of thing? Maybe that's what they should do. Every sport know. needs it. I've said it forever. Soccer relegation throughout the leagues is, I, is the the single-handedly the greatest sports. There's a drive to not finish in fucking last place. Like, I think football is the only sport you couldn't do it with, but, like, I agree. I think all sports should have relegation. I, I agree. Uh, throw a trade out. Which which one do you want to do? Let's talk about CJ McCollum. All right, let's do that. Because I, I have a feeling that you think the Trailblazers didn't get enough, and I think I disagree. If that's your your stance on it. So, originally when I saw this trade, well, give me give me your angle first. Give me what you like about it, what you don't like. I think the tra- the Trailblazers have finally accepted mediocrity, and they're just like, all right, we're gonna just get rid of everything. I think Dame's next. I think they're. I don't think they can keep him. I think he's not gonna want to stay there after this year. So I'm pretty sure he's done for the year. He has an abdomen injury right now, and I, th- from what I've heard, I think he's just out and he's not going to play this year. Yeah. So they're in full tank job mode, which good on them. You, you know how much I love that. Can, go ahead. Keep going. So, I mean, they're getting Josh Hart, who is this is fourth year in the league next year. Yeah. Thomas Sadoransky, who probably won't be on the team next year. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Who they traded, and we'll get to yeah. that. And then... Didi Lozada, who who's he's a yeah. throw in, he and then nothing. some some picks. What a a first protected this year, and then two second round picks in yeah. the future. Which that protected first, you're gonna end up getting anyway because it's what top ten protected. I think it's yeah, it's either top ten or it's top four. There, there's weird protections on that one because it has something to do with the Grizzlies pick and the Lakers pick. So it's it's weird how that one's gonna work. I'm not sure where it's gonna convey. So the Trailblazers have just done what every NBA team should do when you aren't good. Sam Presti, please start taking notes. We need to stop winning games we should be losing. And they're just saying, all right, we're going to try for next year, and we're just going to draft the best possible player we can and try to try to work our way up to being a NBA team again. And I know how hard it is. You have Damian Lillard, arguably the second best point guard in the NBA when healthy. Like, 
that's hard to just say, okay, we're going to get rid of you and CJ McCollum, but it was CJ McCollum's time to go anyway. Trading him when he was injured, like, I don't think he's really helping your team as much anymore as you'd really like him to be. So get rid of him, start over, finally accept defeat in this aspect and move on to next year. Okay, so I don't love what the Pelicans did. And it's not because I don't think that – it's not because I think they gave up too much or anything. I just don't like the let's go all in for CJ to convince Zion to stay here when Zion clearly has a foot and a half out the door. Like, let's go all in to try to make the playoffs for what? I Zion's not coming back this year, it looks like. I don't think he's coming back. And if they don't have him, they have no chance. Where I hate this for the Blazers – isn't because of this trade. So they make this trade. Sadoransky, Sadoransky's a nice player. I actually like him a little bit, but he's having a bad year. He's Like you said, he's probably not going to be on the team next year. I like Josh Hart. Like Josh Hart can play in this league. He's a solid young player who plays hard on defense, can rebound. He's a decent three-point shooter. Like There's something with him. He's solid. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is like a nice young player who we're not sure what he is yet, but like there's clearly talent there. He just needs to like have better shot selection because he's a good shooter. He plays defense. He's got good size. Like he's actually a nice young asset. And then they turn around and trade him in a salary dump. That may, They traded him to the Jazz in a salary dump. I'm assuming you're pulling up the trade right now. Oh, Thomas Sadaransky got traded as well. Yeah, I think he was in the, the salary. Dump. Yeah, yeah, he was in the salary dump trade because it was Joe Ingles to the Spurs with, from the Jazz, and then Nikhil Alexander Walker went to the Jazz. And who did the Blazers get back in that deal? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, from the dra- from the Jazz, they got draft consideration. They got Joe Ingles. And, oh, the Blazers got Joe Ingles. Yeah, and oh, Elijah okay. Hughes. Okay, so Joe Ingles is out for the year. Elijah Hughes is a end of the bench guy. And you traded a guy who's in his low, late or early 20s who has upside. If you're going to blow it up, that's the kind of player that you should be targeting. Like, to me, he's the best thing that you're getting back in that, in that package. Like, forget the first-round pick. I like Josh Hart. You kill Alexander Walker is the best thing you're getting back in that package, and you just deal it away. And you gave up Larry Nance, who's another nice young player who we know what he is in this league. He can play. Like, that's something that you can have that guy as it. Like, if that guy's your eighth man, you can win a championship with that guy if, as your eighth best player. Like, if I see Larry Nance on your bench, I'm like, oh, you have a solid bench. Like, he's there. He's available for you. That makes no sense to me at all. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't I, I just don't know how much you're getting for an injured C.J. McCollum, though. No, no, and I understand You just have that. a problem with post-trade Yeah, actions. trading trading Alexander Walker makes no sense to me. You got a nice piece in a deal. Don't trade that away. You're clearly, you're clearly trying to tank, and you're trying to accumulate assets for the future. Don't trade a future asset for in a fucking salary dump where you're picking up 35-year-old Joe Ingles. Oh, so, so next year you're going to bring back Dame and say, look at us. We got Joe Ingles for you. You're going to win a title this year. Joe Ingles, Josh Hart, and uh, uh, the kid that they... The, uh, Anthony Simons. This is good enough to win the West. No, it's not. I'd rather just have C.J. McCollum. 
And they also dealt Norman Powell and Robert Covington. So, like, clearly you're you're in tank mode. And Nurkic is probably going to be gone. And Nurkic is going to be gone in the offseason. So either you're trading Damian Lillard or you're turning around with Jam- Damian Lillard and saying, oh, look, we got you, Joe Ingles. Yeah, I, I, I think everything just boils down to if they don't trade Damian Lillard, these are the worst actions by Yeah, these are just terrible actions. You're but keeping they, yourself in no man's land. Yeah, if they trade Damian Lillard, then they might have a plan for just a total reset with Josh Hart, Josh Hart to be that piece to reset with. The problem is they should have traded Damian Lillard in the offseason. They're waiting too long on him. His value is declining. Damian Lillard's going to be like 33 years old. I'm not trading for a 33-year-old point guard and giving you the James Harden package where you get four first-round picks and four pick swaps. No way. It's just not going to happen. All right. Let's move on to the, the trade that I feel I know you and I disagree on, I think, and it's the, the Chris Hoffs-Pornzingas trade. I think that's the best thing the Mavs could have done. You you found somebody to eat that contract that Kristaps took from you guys. You got rid of him. You got Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Burton's back. You gave up, what, a first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick? A second-round pick. I think that's perfect. I, I was just – when I was looking at players that need to be traded, Kristaps Porzingis was in my, God, just please somebody take him off my roster category. And I, I, they did. They 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 got they got the Wizards to bite and I think that helps the Mavericks a lot. It doesn't put them closer to a championship, but I think it sets them up for Luca to have a very good team around him next year. Okay, I understand what you're saying. You're saying the Porzingis contract was bad. We all agree that the Porzingis contract was bad. Can I give you the two contracts of Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie? Okay, Spencer Dinwiddie right now is on a three-year, $54 million deal. He makes $18 million a year. Okay? He's not really the bad one. Davis Bertans is on an awful deal. Five years, $80 million. The guy is an inefficient shooter, and he gets paid to be a shooter. He led the league in three-point percentage one time in his career. Off of that, he got this contract. The Wizards couldn't find anybody to take it off their hands. And he's been ice cold ever since he got paid. He's terrible on defense, and he provides you nothing else other than shooting. So what you're saying is he's a poor man's Kristaps Porzingis, who's a worse defender, a worse passer, a worse offensive player. Yeah, and you you got Spencer Dinwiddie, though. Spencer Dinwiddie, the guy that Bradley Beal really didn't want to play with because he doesn't like to share the ball he's a bad locker room guy oh I really want Luca to be around that guy really I think it's just one of those situations where I mean if you're if you're Spencer Denver you're saying I now have one of the best players in the league on my team one of the best if not the best up-and-coming player of the league for the next 10-15 years like I that that's something that makes you change your attitude as a player so you signed with a team in the offseason that gave you $54 million, and you knew Bradley Beal was the best player on the team, who Bradley Beal led the league in scoring last year. Bradley Beal got that team to the playoffs. You signed with that team and immediately become a problem in the locker room? Why should I think that your locker room problems are going to change just because you're playing with Luka now? Who, Luka, we all know, doesn't come into the season in shape, is a little bit of a jackass in the locker room because he couldn't even get along with Porzingis. 
oh, so now all of a sudden Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be this nice guy? See, that I, I get what you're saying. The Porzingis contract is bad. I agree with you. But here's the thing with Porzingis. Porzingis only has one year left on his deal. Dinwiddie's got two. Bertans has three. Yeah, but so you just traded for two guys that have longer contracts that make the same amount of money. I think this is a situation where I'd rather get something than nothing. I'd just rather let Porzingis walk I'd, in the offseason. I wouldn't, because now you have assets I, on your, your These roster. aren't tradable assets. The, the Wizards couldn't get off of Bertans' money for two years. They tried to trade him for the last two years ever since they signed that deal. Nobody wants him. I don't know. I, I just see two players that the Mavericks can now use. Because, I mean, Kristaps Walks, you're now in a situation where you need to fill that spot with a, a rookie. Or hope that someone signs with your team. Like... These are these are these are issues that are uncertain, and I'd I'd rather have a guy that has that three point upside. And look, ice cold, you can go from ice cold to he's been to, ice cold for two years to super hot he's, really quick. He's been ice cold for two years, and he cannot play defense in the playoffs. We've seen this. I I like it. I really I like the trade for the Mavericks. Absolutely hated this deal for the Mavericks. The Mavericks have got to put something like roll guys with Luca are not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. Role-playing players are not going to cut it with Luka. It's just not. They need to get a star with him. At least Porzingis, you had some star power. His numbers were not bad this year. The contract's just too high. But if you were to keep him at a lower number, he's a more valuable player. You said it yourself. Kristaps Porzingis is a unicorn because he never shows up. Nobody ever sees him. <laughs> That's true. We never do see <laughs> like, him. You can't use true. that argument of being a that, star. That was more of a joke. That was more of a joke. But it's but logical. That is, that he's is a played joke. well this year when he's been able, when he's played. He's played well. I like it. I really do. I hate and it. I says I, I don't is, ever listen. I don't ever like when you trade a bad contract to get off of it, but then you also take on two bad contracts. With longer time, I would rather have a bad contract with less time on it than two bad contracts that are less money but longer periods. I think you overthink the NBA a lot because, and we've had this talk where you think like a GM all the time. You think, and that's what this is. No, I understand, but like from a fan's aspect, I'm looking at this of what do I think Luca needs when you're looking at it as every little square inch of the trade needs to be analyzed. And yes, it, it does as podcasters, but looking at it from a fan aspect and how this helps Luca, I think I think it's great. Okay, but you that what you just said makes no sense. Does it? I'm looking at it as a, from a GM's perspective of But I think you're wrong as a GM. Like I think you're looking too much into it. I'm looking at his two defective players with long-term contracts that nobody wanted to trade for. And you just absorbed them onto their roster. There's always they, they have, they don't have a single thing on their roster other than Jalen Brunson that has any trade value. Tim Hardaway Jr. has no trade value. Those two players have no trade value. They don't. You know how I know that? They had to trade them for Kristaps Porzingis, who also had no trade value. At least his contract ended next year. They would have been off of that money. They're going to be stuck with this money for another two and a half years, at least. That's never good. Being stuck with bad money is a problem. And they don't have any assets to dump it with. That's my point. Is your clock is ticking on Luka because they got him on the extension? Once that extension's up, 
you're probably going to lose him. He's going to be gone. Like you, the clock has started with him. And don't think that he won't walk away. Just because he was a Dirk fan growing up means he's going to stay in Dallas. Hell no. It just doesn't. That's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from your clock has started with Luka. You have to figure it out. These two players do not get you closer to figuring out than Porzingis does. I'd rather have Porzingis, personally. Maybe you're right. I, I don't know. I, I like it. Like, I get what you're saying. In a vacuum, Bertans and Dinwiddie probably are better than Porzingis is. But if you're looking at it from the, the aspect of, we have to put a team around Luka that can win a title, those two guys are not getting it done for you. They're just not. Dinwiddie's an inefficient guy who can't shoot from the outside, and he's a ball hog. And I hate using the term ball hog because it sounds really like, it, it just doesn't sound right. But that's, that's truly what he is. And Bertans is an ineffective shooter who can't play defense. Well, those, if you're an ineffective shooter and you can't play defense in this league and you're a role player, <laughs> you are not getting any. You're not a helpful player to your team. The only way that you can be a bad three-point shooter and a non-defender is if you're a superstar. Because clearly you do something else that's amazing. Like you're Kyrie, or you're, you're, you're not even Kyrie, you're Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons can play defense. So <laughs> that's, that's my point. I get it. I, I, I get your point a lot. But I don't know. We just have different, different viewpoints, I think. Can we, can we talk about your thunder for a second? No. No, no. So no. they were going to be the salary dump team at the deadline. They're $25 million below the salary floor. Yeah. Those players must have been like, okay, we're going to kidnap Sam Presti. <laughs> he is not making any deals. And guess what? The trade deadline happened, and they all went to the club. They're like, we want bottle service. We want the women. We want all the tables. Let's go, baby. $25 million to spread out over all of their t- all of the guys on that roster. Yeah, <laughs> we finally did something right. I mean, what, we, we traded for... KZ Akpala and then waved him. Yeah, yeah, I think was, that's how that, that was. Your, that was your big salary dump move, because because that got Miami under the luxury tax. Yeah, we got we traded a second rounder for yeah KZ Akpala and then and fucking cash. Yeah, Miami no. gave you guys cash and you started to just <laughs> wave them. Good. I mean, else. I mean, oh, we signed Lindy Waters the third to a two way contract. Waved KZ Akpala and that's a, that's all we did. So good job by Sam Presti to give his players an extra $25 million. I love it. Yeah. Um, oh, really we waved Paul Watson. Oh, big move there. I don't even know who that guy is. That neither do I. That might be it, I think. Yeah, that's it. Um, last two things. Uh, I loved what my Celtics did. I like the Derek White trade. I think he fits in really nicely. Um, I didn't love that we gave up a 2028 pick swap with the Spurs because you never know on stuff like that, but... I liked that trade. I don't think I don't know if you have anything to add on that one, personally. No, not really. Um, the last one I want to talk about is the Tory Craig for Jalen Smith swap with the Suns. The Suns not picking up Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith's option for his rookie contract is like criminal. How the fuck do you draft a guy in the top ten and then not pick up his option for the next three seasons? And then trade him for Tory Craig, who you had on your roster last year and could have just signed as a goddamn free agent. That, that to me, is like Robert Sarver should not be allowed to be an owner in the NBA. I, yeah, I, I don't really know anything of what happened. I mean, it just, that, that to me, I, it was just like criminal that, he, that they did that personally. Um, 
other than that, the the trade deadline was wild. Uh, this this next like thirty games is going to be just an absolute sprint. Who who's your favorite right now? Who do you like? The Suns. The Suns. Yep. Okay. For, so the Western Conference, you like the Suns. Who do you like from the East? The Bucks. I I clearly see a a, a rematch in the finals. I like the Suns. I wonder if they're going to be healthy enough in the playoffs again because they got incredibly lucky down that stretch. The Bucks are my team. I picked the Bucks to start the year. I'm rolling with them. I, I hate that I'm getting sucked in. My Celtics are giving me a little bit of hope that they can do something in the playoffs. I don't think they can beat Milwaukee, even though they're 3-0 and on the season against Milwaukee, which is just weird. Um, but I, I like those two teams, and I like Philly. Harden's hamstring is healthy. I like Philly. Um, I think Golden State's the team to beat. I know they're a little weird right now because Clay's coming back and they're trying to work him in, and Steph's kind of having a rough, rough go of it right now. I like Golden State. I think Golden State's going to be in the finals. Uh, the only way they're not is if Jamal Murray comes back and he's healthy. In which case, give me, give me Denver. Give me. Give me the jersey that I'm literally wearing right now, my Jokic boy. I, oh my god, I love him. Yeah, I just I think it's I I clear clear tunnel vision. Suns Bucks like nobody else. I think the inconsistencies of the Warriors don't get figured out this year. I think it's gonna take an off season of Clay actually practicing and working with the team to to kind of set their roots back into the ground for next year. The Nuggets, I I think Jamal Murray's gonna come back and not be a huge help to the team. If he can come back with like 15 games to go in the regular season, I'm going to give them a shot. But if he comes back like a week before the playoffs, no way. He he's going to need like 3 weeks of ramp up to get his shot back. Like even if he's just on the floor and he's somewhat helpful, they have a chance. I don't know. I when is his estimation like 2 weeks before the playoffs? I'm not sure. It's kind of weird with him. They're not really sure. Um can I give you my sneaky team? And I've been sneaky on them all year. The Thunder. No. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland to win a playoff series. I Remember I told you I love Evan Mobley, and that kid is just going to be a fucking superstar? Yep. Like, every night, it's like, holy shit, this kid is hes the real deal. Darius Garland is an all-star starter. Yeah. Yeah. No, never, he's just No, he's, he's a reserve yeah, guy, but, but he might get moved to starter based on some potential injury situations. I don't like Chicago. I'm out on them. I think Zach Levine has... I, I texted you yesterday. I think he's got knee tendonitis. I think there's something wrong with him, and I don't trust DeRozan in the playoffs. I'm out. Um, Miami, I don't trust. I don't trust them to be healthy. Yeah, so, I mean, we got the West locked down to, like, four teams, and yeah. the East is the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm out on the Jazz. The, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Nuggets are the three. If Kawhi is going to come back, which there's a chance he does, move the Clippers into that into that you know into that situation. But who the hell knows with Kawhi? He might decide that the wind changed direction, and Uncle Dennis said, "No, you're not playing this year," and he doesn't play. I mean, he's too hard to predict. So, whatever. Yeah. But I think that's that's it for now. Who wins uh, the All Star game? Who wins the All Star game? It's probably gonna be Team LeBron. It's Team LeBron because Team LeBron. LeBron cares about the All-Star game. He thinks it impacts his legacy against Jordan, so he's going to try in it. And like I've said in the past, if you try in the All-Star game, you're automatically not cool. Like, just don't try. 
just do a couple dunks, get it over with. Please don't try in the All-Star game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you got it spot on. Oh, I have to do the spiel? You don't want to do it since you let us in? I got to work the board on the spiel. It's too hard to do the spiel and work the board. All right. As always, guys, follow us on Twitter. I have any speed of the Tyler Speed without the Garrett's personal Twitter account is in the bio. Mine is as well, but it links you to an account that I don't have access to anymore, and empty promises stay empty all the time, so it doesn't really matter. Send us emails at highlyindisputed247 at gmail.com. That is highly disputed with any that time. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you guys want to let us know. We will answer your questions as quickly as possible. And just come back week to week. We are now into the NFL offseason. NBA is rocking and rolling. Maybe a little baseball here and there. Who knows? Hockey? Maybe. Probably not. Olympics next week, though. Promise you that 100%. We will see you guys next week. Bye.